we're really, really happy to announce that um, that we are just signed a an ambassadorship program with Schedulicity. Schedulicity is a scheduling app, and um, they've been kind enough to uh, to help us out this next year. Yeah, they uh, we met them in L.A. when we did the uh, Salon Digital Summit, and they really believed in what we were doing mm-hmm. and how we were doing it, and so they wanted to know how they can partner up with us to. Uh, to even reach more listeners and, exactly. and give what we give. That's that's right. So um, with our uh, with our partnership with uh, Schedulicity, we will be able to reach more hairdressers and we'll be able to bring a lot more content and get to a lot more hair shows. So uh, hopefully, we can see you guys out there in the hair shows when we're there visiting. Yeah, and and they're going to give us a, some business tips uh, throughout the podcast as well. And I'm so excited that you know. We're partnering up with people that believe in the same things we believe in. Yeah, no doubt. That, that, that's pretty exciting. So uh, anyway, Schedulicity, once again, big shout out to you. And uh, thank you for joining your day off. <laughs> Silly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corny. Of course, I sit with my best bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? Man, something about the best bud. I like that. That's Thank the best you. part, the best bud? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank <laughs> you so much. Anytime, man. Or every time, every time. That's not true. That's not, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Call me a liar. Right. In front of our guests. Come well, on, man. I'm not. There, there, there's a podcast out there somewhere floating that you didn't say best bud, so. And you kind of threw a best bud temper tantrum over it as well. I did. I did. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, so um, once again, we have a we have a really cool guest coming on. First of all, she has the greatest name ever. I don't even know if it's her real name, but it works. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and she had the uh, longest uh, Uber ride in history. That I that I I know. You know what? I think I think we'll uh, we'll keep. You know what? Let's open up with that. Right. So we'll bring her on. And let's open up with that. So um, so our our guest today, she uh, she's a uh, like a business manager or or business coach, I guess is is what is what she is, and um. You know, she's just she's been doing it for about a year, and and I'm really intrigued by her drive and her her her. She's been doing it publicly for a year. No, that's true. She's been doing it a lot longer than that. You know, through referrals. But uh, yeah, she's a you know in the industry, man. She's uh, she's making noise. She's a great coach and mentor to a lot of people. No doubt, man. Should we get in? Let's do it. All right, awesome. So our guest today is uh, Lexi Lomax, and like I said, she is she's a, a salon coach. So uh, I, let's get into her story and like, hey, Lex, I know you're there, but hold on. Um, you're definitely going to open up with the uh, the longest Uber ride that I've ever heard of. So uh, Miss Lexi Lomax, welcome to your day off. Woohoo. Thank you, guys. And yes, that is my real name. <laughs> that is it. Like, so you were born at, as Lexi Lomax? Yeah, so was my it? mom said, if I'm going to call you Lexi, we'll name you Lexi. And then technically I'm married and my married name is Oldenburg. Just doesn't flow. No, Lexi Oldenburg def- definitely doesn't yeah. doesn't not not as well as Lexi Lomax. Yeah, She's almost like a Lex- hockey player <laughs> or, or a superhero, right? Yeah, that's you know, Lex Luger and, and Lexi Lomax. You know, <laughs> I, I, I dig it, man. Right, and I think that's the thing. I think in DC Comics, they all have like uh, 
like like double double lettered uh, word names, yeah. right? I know it's so funny. I get comments on my name all the time, and people <laughs> think it's like a like a stage name. I'm like, no, that's my name. But <laughs> well, it's sort of your stage name. Yeah, now I guess it sort of is. <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. So, uh, so we, we kind of tease it a little bit. So, uh, you know, as, as in the last year, our travel's gone up and the last year, your travel's gone up. So uh, kind of tell us about that crazy Uber. Ride. Yeah. So basically I was, so I, I am a salon owner. I am a salon business coach and I teach for KMS and Goldwell. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of different things in our industry and I'm blessed to do it all. But this particular instance, I was, traveling from San Diego to New York city to present with modern salon. So like that's, you get that call and you're like, Oh my gosh, what does it take? I'll clear my schedule. I'm going. And so that's what I did. I get on the airplane. It's like the whole thing just like starts poorly, like delay, like won't let you off the plane, but you can't get like, you know, they're not going to leave and like all the things that you don't want on a travel day. And finally, we're like up in the air and they're like, oh, well, we don't have enough gas. There's a lightning thing. And also the airport you can't land at because all this other lightning as in like storm. Yeah. Like a lightning- mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Like in the sky in the big silver tube. That's really what you want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> right? Silver metal tube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, oh, geez, whatever. But I'm still like, it's OK. I have three hours before my model starts. Like somehow, like it must be like a 20 minute flight from where they're going to land us in DC. And maybe it's just like get some gas and run because I've also had that happen. (laughs) So like, anyways, it all turns out that like five hours later, I'm still in Dulles and they're like, yeah, the flight's canceled and there's no way for us to get you there. So I'm like, well, now what? So like the trains, it's now so late that I can't get a train. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of like a chicken also in the middle of the night with like all my luggage. I'm like, I'm going to be in New York city. I don't know. And like, and just so, and just so everybody knows, Dulles Dulles isn't in DC. No, like it's it not. DC, but it's not in DC. It, 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 it's like thirty miles outside of the city, and it's in the middle of like a field. Right. <laughs> so it's it's not, to- it was you know. terrible. Like when I kept looking logistically at stuff, I'm like, so I'm going to take a an hour Uber to get to the train station, and then do this, and I like call my mom because that's what you do when you're like ah, overwhelmed, and right. so my mom's like, do not get on a train. Like, right. no, Lexi, don't do that. I'm like okay, I was like talking myself up that I was tough and like not going to fall asleep on the train in the middle of the night and like whatever. <laughs> so anyways, all in all, it turns out that I go in a four and a half, five hour Uber ride from Dulles, which is basically outside of DC to right. New York City with that's, a hefty price tag. miles, bro. Yeah. I went through like four states. I'm like this was so scenic. Right, 95 so 95 straight up yeah thankfully it was like one freeway and the uber driver who i kind of like hoodwinked in all honesty to take me um he was like at least there's no traffic in baltimore i'm like oh cool (laughs) i would have been afraid that the guy would have fell asleep because it's so late how you know is it at the end of his day he decides to take it yeah i don't know because i put it was the end of his day whether it was the end of his day or not i'm sure it's the last so that was one of the first questions I asked. And I also was like, Oh my gosh, like, is this okay? I shared my location with like 50 people. Um, and I'm like, so you just starting your day. And I know that's the question you like, don't ask Uber drivers, right? They just don't even want to talk right. to you. But he's like, No, actually, you're my first ride. So I felt better. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> sort of awesome. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so I got there safe and sound. And I don't know his name, but I appreciate him. 
<laughs> so if you're listening, she appreciates it. Yeah. So, so where are you from? I am from San Diego, California. Born and raised? Yep. That's Born and raised. It's like the perfect weather uh, area, right? Yeah. 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 So, did you, so did you feel that earthquake a couple weeks ago? You know what? I didn't. So I don't know. We're pretty, um, I think it, I don't know where, I think it was further north, like up north of LA. So, I mean, we have our fair share of earthquakes for sure, but usually we get the like tail end of it. Wow. <laughs> we're watching big brother, big brother. So it, anyways, it, I guess they felt it. Cause I guess this, this, this base out of LA. Oh right? yeah, for and sure. They would have screaming, running around, hiding, jumping under <laughs> tables and stuff like that. <laughs> well, the second one I think was worse, right? Like, like, like more located in, in, um, in LA. Uh, yeah. Any of them, yeah. I, yeah. I, we had we had a little vibration here in Maryland one year, and I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of weird." I know. I was in a. I was in a. Uh, I guess it was like a five five in in Italy once. Oh yeah, that's yeah. pretty substantial. I think that yeah, pretty- it's weird. We just like get used to it. I don't know, right? Like if there was going to be a tornado, I would like freak out, but just because I don't know what it's like. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, th- the difference between an earthquake and a tornado, though, is that like you have warning that tornadoes are coming. You have warning that hurricanes are coming. You have no warning. That yeah. All of a sudden, you shake. Right That's true. Eventually, they're going to be our second state in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> she loves to hear that. Right. Well, I live pretty inland, so I'm like, maybe I'll have oceanfront property. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have California breaks up. We have all these new islands. <laughs> I hope not, but <laughs> <laughs> that's too scary. That's so funny. What um? So how how'd you get in the industry? How'd you find us? Okay, what's that, what's that trajectory? Yeah, so I have like not the traditional story, and it's I'll try to make it more concise. But um, as a little girl, my grandmother owned um, a salon in Arizona, and after she, my grandparents um, did very well, and they retired, but wanted to have a business, and so they bought a booth rental salon in the late eighties, I guess. And so I grew up going back to Arizona to see my grandparents a lot, like my whole childhood and like playing in the salon and thinking like, man, this is so cool. And then my grandma, I'm not going to lie, like wears a brown helmet and she gets it fluffed up like on Thursdays and on Tuesdays (laughs) and is the salon lady. So in all honesty, she probably bought the salon to like save her money. I don't think (laughs) she has washed her hair. I, I don't know, probably like in the fifties, she washed her hair, her own, you know, like somebody else has washed it. So she's like a fluff and go. Um, The newest thing for her is that Yancey, who does her hair, doesn't use like rollers anymore. She sets it with a flat iron and that's like been revolutionary. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And and Yancey is young and hip and great. And I like, it's just so funny. So granny had the salon and I grew up like in the salon world. Also my mother, um, this is like such a silly thing, but she was the travel companion to Miss Arizona for pageants. So like, I'm, you can kind of get a picture of like where I'm coming from. It's a little foo-foo. <laughs> so you're a pageant girl. So I was a pageant baby, like when I was really little. And so again, in the salon, not in Arizona here in California, but like I was around like beauty and fluffing and like all this fun, like, you know, whatever. So then I grow up and like, I like mom no more pageants like I hate this this is BS <laughs> like this is weird um how, how old were you when you tapped out um I think I was in like maybe fifth or sixth grade and it wasn't okay. like intense like oh, it wasn't oh. like toddlers and tiaras but it wasn't I mean 
it was just like our local stuff, but enough, like was enough for me. It was right. not my thing. Um, and my mom and I like fought tooth and nail. Like every time it'd be a dress, she would like have to bribe me to wear that dress. Like it was just not my jam. So, but I have that background that I love the salon and the salon is really fun. And I remember being in, in my grandma's salon and thinking like this environment is just the best ever, even though I wasn't really like allowed to touch anything or whatever, all those things, right? Don't touch the hydraulic chair. Um, but from there, I went to school and I just was a kid and I didn't really think anything of it. I loved fashion and beauty and it came time to um, like go to college and that's what I did. I went to UCSD here in San Diego and afterwards, or like in the process of that, I had an opportunity to buy a building while I was at UCSD. And whoa, 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 whoa. Right. <laughs> how, yeah. How does a student at US, UCSD get an opportunity to buy a building? Right. I mean, so I come from a long, long, long line of entrepreneurs. And my parents built a strip mall. And I was like, Dad, I want one of those units. And they were commercial condos. And he was like, oh, yeah, I like you want a lot of things, Lex, like, go ahead. Um, and that was basically, you know, like, what kid isn't like, I want that. Um, and I'm like, no, I really want to, I want to have a business. And so he's like, okay, map it out. And my parents, you know, were like, yeah, right. She's not going to do that. Like all the mm -hmm. other things, right? Like you want to play baseball, you want to do, <laughs> you quit halfway. <laughs> and so I did, I mapped it out and I went and to the salon that I, got my hair done at religiously because I loved being there. And I talked with that hairstylist and was like, what about this? And what about that? And like, what do you really think about this part of the salon? Or if you could make the shampoo bowl better. And this was before the stand up sinks, like really were a thing. And like, we talked about that a lot. And, and so I just was like in my head and the whole like puzzle of it all, like lit me up. And so I brought back the, I Google how to make a business plan. So I like make this like very traditional business plan and take it to my parents and they're like, oh, oh, okay. Like, that's interesting. You know, and they're like, well, run, like get us some more numbers. Like we need some, like, then they were like actually having a conversation with me because my parents had been in business in all kinds of businesses, literally like you name the industry, they probably had their hand in it at some point. Like even when I was a little girl, we owned a hospital in Mexico. Like I'm like, I'm saying like legitimately all kinds of business. So they were open to it. Um, I think the one thing that they probably hadn't done was own a hair salon or anything the beauty industry. <laughs> I will say that my dad didn't understand how viable of an industry it was. Um, right. Like he knew that my mom spent a lot of money there, but like didn't, it was like over there you know? Um, and so I came back and they were like, okay, we'll help you do this. So my parents, because they owned the building, right. They owned the whole strip mall and they were commercial condos. Just let me get started and they helped me do my build outs, but I didn't have to buy the building like that first day. Um, right. and then I used the building as collateral to get my loan and then repay my parents. And so it's just me on, and it has been the last 13 years, um, on the loan and the title and all that. What's a, what's a commercial condo? So think like, um, a strip mall, but you can yeah. own your, your building, just like a condo that you would live in. So like oh, wow. you have like an HOA, like you share the roof and the parking lot, but everything like the walls and the inside is yours and you own that piece of dirt underneath it. So the landlord can't kick you out. You no landlord, landlord. You're looking at her. <laughs> hey, landlord, I like that. Yeah, oh, I've never heard of that business model at all. Mm -mm. Yeah, so it was yeah. something that my dad was like, kind of um, 
pioneering. And it's not something that a lot of, it's great for business owners, but it's not necessarily great in terms of like for a landowner, like you'd rather be the tenant for everybody. If mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like, so someone who's in commercial real estate would rather have a bunch of tenants than commercial condos, but it's a great way for businesses to, you know, main, own their building, but still be in like a, you know, like a, a strip mall sort of location. I love that. I, I mean, I do too, but then I'm kind of thinking about her dad, like not her dad, but, but whoever owns that, like, like he can't kick everybody out if, if they want to build a high rise there. Right. Like, like if the, if the, if the land becomes more valuable than, than, than it's worth. Right. Well, we could as, as an association, so there's like 15 of us, or well, there's 15 units, but there's only like five owners. Um, cause some of us own multiples. So right. we could decide to sell or like do whatever as an association. So like there's some, there's like bylaws and stuff, just like if you live in a neighborhood, you can't do X, Y, and Z, whatever, like HOA agreement. So it all, I, I think that it would make sense, but if I wanted to sell my building, I could, and someone could buy it and then just, you know, or any of us actually. I mean, for you, it's great, right? Because I mean, like one, it has more value than just the business, right? It's not just, it's just, it, it's not because we, as we know, like, you know, salons, aren't that valuable if you, if you go right. and buy one out, you know, the, the people that own it think it's way more valuable than the people that are buying it. But, but you actually have, um, real property. Equity. Yeah. Right. Well, and that, or you could just, or you could just keep the space and, and, and sell the business. Absolutely. And that's like a part of the long term that I don't know about yet, but there's certainly people that are in my building that they, they own their building and rent to a different business. You know, that's, that's certainly yeah. a, a viable possibility. That's genius to get it on the ground floor or if your parents own it. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was helpful. <laughs> and like, I'm the first to say like, I didn't save a million dollars or work that hard for it. I worked my ass off afterwards when they said, here's the bill. And I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah, right. works. right. And remember yeah, that right. I'm yeah. not a hairstylist at that point. Well, that was actually, you just took my next question. I was yeah. like, so you're not, so you're not, well, I guess my next statement. Yeah. So, but. so after I graduated from college. This is so, hold on. This is so like upside down, right? Yep. Because traditionally you go to hair school, you become a hairdresser, and then your goal is to eventually own a salon. She's like flipped it upside down. Right. Yeah, yeah, I want a business. I want a building. Then, then I'm going to become a hairdresser, but right. I'm not trying to go ahead. Yeah, tell so you. that's basically kind of what happened. Like I knew if, like, if you asked me, like when I was a little kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I probably like a marine biologist, an astronaut, whatever. But then like, as I got older and, and, and when you go to college and people are like, well, what are you studying for? And, and I'd be like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to use my degree. Like this is an expensive piece of paper, but I am going to work for myself. You know, like I knew that pretty much like, the from like 15 on I was like oh yeah there's no way like because I grew up in that lifestyle with my parents being entrepreneurs and both sets of grandparents is the same like I didn't know what it would be like to sit at a desk like I couldn't fathom like showing up to work with a briefcase like that just mm -hmm. didn't make sense to me and so once I I started with the salon and the business and that puzzle part portion of it and like growing the business and having these women work there and like don't get it twisted that this is like a romance fairy tale and everything was perfect those first couple of years because it was not but I did have some like very um I want to say basic but I don't think it is like business principles like ingrained in me like through mm -hmm. life like I say I grew up at the at the end of the boardroom table because I did um and and so 
I started working in the salon and I was the receptionist. I did everything. I was the receptionist. I was a manager. I was the janitor. And I still am all those things, right? As a salon owner um, and the plumber and the electrician and all the things. But I just knew that that wasn't going to cut it for my life, right? Like being a, a, a glorified landlord is awesome. And I was 20 when I opened the salon. So it was fine for that period of my life. But there was more for me. And I knew that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. <laughs> How in the world? I can't even, like, as it, and, and, and I'm pretty open minded about stuff. Let me be clear, but <laughs> I can't imagine, like, my boss being this 21, 20 year old, you know, a college student. Right. You know, like, that, that, that this is my boss. Like, like, and I can't even imagine, and, and no offense, Lex, but I can't imagine any 20 year old ready for that role. I know. Like, I can't imagine, like, what your, what your, what your growing pains must have been. They were but guess what? Get into them. Yeah. You're like, let's talk about that. <laughs> so like right that. off the bat, people were, I mean, I can't think of any other word, but assholes like, right. and pardon my French, but like they, they weren't super receptive or they, they didn't know what to think. It's not their fault. It's just that I was doing something different and I right. wasn't following like what you're saying, that traditional path. And it was hard for people. And I think that now like being a disruptor, is way more um like normal like people are like but how are you how are you disrupting at the time i mean aside from being 20 what, what what were you doing that was different for the industry so in in my area specifically like there was and i'm, I'm sure everywhere and i think that we're still seeing the effects of this and by no means am i saying that i created this effect i'm just saying it was i did what was right for me um and what i could live with in the salon and that was acting with integrity and helping everybody and number one i was like the salon that I used to go to, I didn't want my salon to be like that. I wanted elements of it like that. And then there was another salon that I went to that was like way fancier in La Jolla. I loved it, but I didn't want my salon to be like that either. And I knew that the area where I chose to have my salon was affluent, but there wasn't an area or a salon that could accommodate those people in a way that they would feel a comfortable but B, that it was like the right value level kind of proposition for them. Like the, right. this is the type of salon that kind of person goes to. Does that make sense? Where they, where they still felt comfortable though. Like you didn't walk into that high-end salon, even though you're very like wealthy lady, but you felt less than when you walked in those doors. I didn't want that to happen. Did you, did you have, you feel that you had a hard time, uh, receiving the respect because you were a young female such a young oh, for female. sure but i also think that i was so naive and like so on cloud nine that like it didn't <laughs> register i get that completely like <laughs> i just like i don't think i would do half the stuff i did now then <laughs> well those are called growing pains for a reason. right and but it worked like i would come home and yeah. i would be like like i had this one rep that like tormented me. But, oh, like, there's no way. Yeah. And, and, and then one day I finally was like, what is the friggin' deal? Like you need my business. I don't need you. Yeah. There's a thousand of those guys. Right. And, and it's so crazy because this person like flat out told, like, and I don't know what it was if she wanted me to accept her or like, I don't know what it was, but it was like the weirdest interaction. I would come home and like, go talk to my parents and be like, can you believe this? And like, this woman is like 40 something years old. And here I am like 20, 21 right. having these interactions. And it was just like 
so mind blowing to me that people weren't kind. Mm, right. And I'm like, why don't you want me to succeed? And then mm. I'm also 21 fiery and kind of like want to give middle fingers because right. watch me. <laughs> I still have that. <laughs> um, you know, you just, you just keep them in your pocket so yeah. uh, people can see you in their rear, in, in your rear view. Exactly. Mirror, you know? And it's That's so crazy. And I've grown so much through all of that, but like, I, I, that the specific woman that I'm thinking of, like, she told me, oh, well, that will never work. Like, you won't ever make any money. And I'm thinking, how would you know? You've never owned a salon. Well, it, it sounds like jealousy to me. 100%. It sounds like jealousy to me, too. But even at 20 or 21, especially not coming up in the industry, not being a part of that, like, like I, a question that came into my head, you know, I don't know, five minutes ago that I didn't ask was that, you know, how did you figure out the pay structure? Because there is a pay structure in our industry that's different than everybody else. And so, and, and on top of that, from what this lady said, like, how did you know what advice was good advice and what was like, what was standard advice? And then what advice was just like balderdash or was yes. it just a gut? So, okay. So let me clarify one thing. I have a booth rental salon. Oh, okay. Well, that makes things a little bit a easier. A lot than easier. And that was part of my business model to start is that I didn't, because again, I'm not a hairstylist at this point. I didn't know that I was going to be a hairstylist. So I'm like, I need to do something. And I thought I was going to go to law school or be a teacher. I don't know what I freaking thought really. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that the business needed to be sustainable without me having to like do a lot. And that's why my parents were so gung ho about like helping me get started because it wasn't like at the end of the day, basically I'm a glorified landlord. You know, nice. I do a whole hell of a lot more than that, but that is, ultimately I rent time and space. I'm so impressed. Everything she said, it, it all like, you know, she, she wanted to do that to help others. Right. Uh, even like when she said, I'm going to be a lawyer or a marine biologist or <laughs> you know, everything that it, it all circles back to helping others. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So, That's nice. <laughs> She, she, even, she even she even helped an Uber driver out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Poor guy. I hope he got a good slice no, or something. He helped her out. Yeah, I think he helped her out exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was good. That, that's the big secret about helping others, right? <laughs> right. It's a big circle. It comes back. No, but it really like all I I wanted to do was make a place that people would feel comfortable to get services, and also that people would feel good to work in. And and in the beginning, I had a lot of people that were like, "Yeah, I'll go work for this chick." They didn't know anything about me. Like, just somebody told them there's a new salon, right? Which mm -hmm. now like it's bonkers. But I'm so glad they came because otherwise, it would have had an empty shop. Um, <laughs> mom, dad, right. Who wants to <laughs> cut hair today? Um, and it's so crazy. Cause I started with three. Um, and now I have 25 and oh, same space, same space. Yeah. Well, I expanded into one next door into another condo. So I have two units that are like connected. You can walk back and forth. And, um, and really like, it was just about acting with integrity. And I know that that sounds kind of basic, but I don't think that at the time it was happening. So like, Stuff would happen and I would hear about it at other salons and I'm like, that makes no sense to me. And it doesn't matter how old you are, like, you know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And you know what's spurred by greed and you know what's like, what's not and what's genuine. And, and that for me was just like, if I just act like with my own principles, things should be all right. And then people started showing up and they started hearing that like, I did nice things and we went out all together and we had fun. And if one of our girls is in a burlesque 
troupe, we all go watch her burlesque, even though it's like kind of awkward to watch her take her clothes off and sing. Like (laughs) whatever, we love her, we support her and we really do have a family and a team. And that was kind of what I led with is that like, I wanted this to be a good environment and like I would have zero drama. So like I've literally packed people's stuff up, put it outside. Like I've done some things that again, like I might not do now, but I did it then. And it really set the tone of this is what it's like to work at Ulala. So how do you, as again, as a landlord, like how do you, how do you pack someone's bags up? Well, it probably wasn't perfectly legal. Um, but like there are I mean, lots of, that to me, I'd tell you to kiss my ass and I'd show up again tomorrow. I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, you can't kick me out of my own space essentially. Right. But just like your home, I mean, if you don't, or your apartment or wherever, you know, if you rent and you violate the contract, like maybe, maybe for not paying or for like whatever it well, that's is. A different, that's a different story. That's an eviction. Right. But so I mean, technically it, 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 that's kind of what it is. Um, and so ba- basically if they violated my contract, then they were evicted. <laughs> And part of the contract is you got to be a nice person. Yeah. I mean, kind of like <laughs> it says like at any, for any reason, like right. both ways. And I asked for two weeks notice. This chick though, she was like, whatever. You don't have to, you don't have to explain it. Yeah. It's all good. But you know, so, like uh, it, the, the end all be all situation where you're like, this is the last resort. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take from being a landlord to like, I want to actually do hair. So after I graduated from, school. Then I continued going to college. I went to fashion school because I thought, why not? Apparently. Um, and then during that time in fashion school, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like these chicks are having so much fun at work. I want to be there because it's my investment and my future. I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. My best friend was going to law school and I was like, that looks like awful death. Um, (laughs) And being a teacher also sounded pretty bad. Not gonna lie, children are great, but like, hmm, I had them in the salon and got a real glimpse of like what they're really like. So I wasn't into that. (laughs) And I mean, like, bless your children, but not in the salon and, or at least not in mine. (laughs) And so um, just, you know, I I think that ultimately I was like, okay, how am I gonna do this? But I also can't go to beauty school. Like, I just spent the last like, five and a half years of my life going to school and not, and like you have freedom in that. So I could be at the salon because the salon's my priority. So I did the apprenticeship through, um, like the state, like a plumber would do. And I, I had to change like all these things so that I could do it in my own salon. It was totally legal. I just had like, you know, I couldn't be my own, um, like mentor. Yeah. Right. And so I had three women in the salon, the, my, OGs, you know, and they're all still there. Um, and so they were my, my teachers, they would sign off. And I mean, I, I was there more than the 40 hours I had to be. So I was done pretty fast. And, and in that time I learned a whole lot. How are you, your boss and your subordinate at the same time? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's like (laughs) entrepreneurship, but it's at its best. (laughs) This is, this is amazing. It really, really, truly is. It's so funny because I don't tell like the whole story very often. So thanks for asking. It's kind of fun. Dude, that's crazy. So, I mean, I, kinda, I want them on the podcast. Cause I have so many questions. For yeah, them. They would have an interesting take, I'm sure. But I mean, obviously you get this from your parents and from your grandparents, right? So a generation of entrepreneurs, yeah. uh, several generations, but because not so many 20 something year olds have that kind of drive mm-hmm. and determination to own a building, to own a salon, and then go ahead and, you know, 
apprentice in your own in your own business yeah. in your own business so you know now you're learning something new you got to take the the role of the student as an apprentice but at the same time you're running the whole show right well and like you know it, the salon at that point wasn't as massive as it is now um but i'm i'm organized and i have systems and and programs in place and the, so the salon like became a pretty like well-oiled machine at that point um, and of course that does come from like leadership and putting things in place and like practicing what you preach, but then to go and be the, I think like ultimately for me to be the apprentice in my own salon was the total show of that. I lived it, you know, I had no ego in it that they could share mm -hmm. with me, you know, that we are a team. It's like that song. I'm my own grandpa. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. But like, that's mean, amazing. Again, oh, she never had her, her grandparents to call because they, they've lived it as well, right? Right. Yeah. And in a booth rental situation. So, like, but it's so funny. I have my grandma's contract and it's like literally from a typewriter. Like, it has the oh like paper things oh. on the side with the holes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, it's like pretty whack. But, you know, but I followed that because it seemed to work. And that was my first go. And then obviously, we've had multiple iterations since then. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible man all right so but that's that's not enough we haven't even gotten to what she's doing currently i know that's that's so crazy so how long have you been doing hair hair um i've been doing hair i think this is my ninth year so it was uh, pretty fast because we've been in business for 13 so it wasn't that long but i wasn't maybe it's 10 i don't know i have to look all right that's incredible though so then you got bored of doing hair. You got bored of being uh, the landlord and stuff. So then, uh, then you, you had to uh, shoot your career off in a, a whole different trajectory. Well, I guess so. <laughs> um, and it is, I guess, like in true like entrepreneur fashion, I have that like ADD. Like I've always got to be doing something new and challenging myself because mm -hmm. I really like I, there are people in our industry and they are artists. And they are called to do the work behind the chair so much. I mm -hmm. am not one of them. <laughs> and like, I know that and that's fine. Do yeah. I give great hair? Absolutely. Am I, do I give them my clients my all hundred and ten percent? But like, there are people that just have that like natural ability and that like, oh my gosh, like, how did you come up with that? And that's not me. So like for me behind the chair is, fun and it was a means to an end to figure out what to do with my life you know in that position and balance all of the balls between like running the salon and and being there and facilitating my ultimate goal of like owning this building like outright one day um and all of that stuff so i love being behind the chair and and i i think ultimately what i started and how i've transitioned into this whole new coaching thing is people were like lexi i'm i'm a salon owner and I, how are you doing that and like how, because people were talking about it. Like I, I was young, it was different and it was successful. And some salons just frankly have never been successful. I don't know how they keep the doors open with band-aids and pennies, I guess, but like, you know, and, and, and I'm not in like the most affluent area of San Diego. I'm just in like regular neighborhood, you know? So it was getting, word was getting around, but we hosted a lot of education and stuff. And so I was asked by KMS to come and try out to be an educator. And then that really pushed me into being an artistic trainer for them and then bringing that back to the salon and then teaching my staff what I learned, 
you know, just like one of, like I'd go to a training, I'd come home, I'd share with everybody. And from there we established, um, an assistant program. So now we bring in young talent and like bring them up in my program. And, and they're using the systems that I did to build my clientele because that happened rather quickly. Um, and those are things that, that I teach now, right? How to do that and how to maintain your business and how to have a staff that works well together, like, and to have peace in your life and in your business. And so all of that fast forwarded to now where I'm like coaching other business, other stylists and other businesses, how to do the same thing. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm in all of you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, completely. I just, I, I, it's just amazing, right? It's funny how this whole conversation went full circle because now we're back to the superhero part. <laughs> again, <right? laughs> no. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because I, I don't, people say stuff like that often to me or like, how do you do all that? And it's like, I just do it. I don't know. Like, I think that it's what I'm called to do. And I think that I had to go through all that stuff and like, don't think it happened in 10 minutes either. It was 13 years, you know, like that's a long right. time. Um, I just started young and I used to say, and this is like one of my taglines that my husband like will give me crap for, I'm sure. But, um, like if the time is going to pass anyways, you might as well use it wisely. And that's what I would tell people like when they would say, you're so young. And I'm like, and <laughs> right, exactly. you know, so I had to come up with something and that was like my armor against it. Um, mm -hmm. but it, in, in reality, it's true. Like if you want to do something, you say should it do it. Say it again. Oh, now I got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of the famous taglines. Yeah, right? I know. I, and I forgot it. No, if the time's going to pass anyways, then you might as well. Yeah. If, if the time yeah. is going to pass anyways, you may as well use it wisely. Love it. Oh, I love that. Right. That's a t-shirt. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely is a t-shirt, but yeah. I love I mean, it. That, that's so awesome. Yeah, thank you. So, okay, so so people are reaching out, and then and then when did you like? At what point did you decide that like you're going to go all in, or have you gone all in on 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 the business coaching thing? And then are you are you a business coach for salons? Are you a business coach for hairstylists? Are you a business coach for all the above? Yep, all of the above. And ultimately, I probably I think it was last year. So in 2018 in May, I put a post up and was like, I'm going to do this. Like, uh, here I am, I'm Lexi, I'm going to share like what I do. And I was so nervous about it, which is so silly because like all that limiting belief, self-doubt, like the crap that we have in our head, like I could have done this five years ago and it probably would have been a wise decision, <laughs> you know, when the internet was working in your favor a little more, but and you weren't ready, dude. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't have ready. Right. Exactly. And so when I knew I was ready and I had had, I felt like I needed to have like at least like five solid success stories and not just like, like people outside of my salon, you know? Right. And so I just started helping people for She's free. For sainthood. What? <laughs> You're looking for sainthood. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just wanted to, to have that validity, like from people outside of my salon, because I thought like, Oh, well this, like, you know, I think people sometimes like they they are correct in their judgment if it's their judgment but like oh she had a salon handed to her oh like this oh look she coaches people like no i actually do it and i wanted proof like outside of there and that's like my own crap that i carry around because we all have it sure. um but i i needed that like from some somewhere outside of my salon in order for me to feel like i can do this does that make sense right. 
A hundred percent. It's just your own validity. It's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, you're just validating yourself and what you're up to. I get that. Because, you know, yeah. So, time, so once I did that and I just worked for free, I just helped people that I met like through teaching, through going to education, anybody that would like literally listen to me. And then I would just put my two cents in. And then if they were open, we would go down a little bit deeper and I would just help them, help them, help them. And then they started having success. And so once I kind of felt like, okay, I now felt comfortable. I don't think there was like a flip of a switch or anything. Then I just went for it, put my website up, started telling people and here we are. Well, you know, unfortunately, and this is maybe not your case, but a lot of people, you know, they do things and, but they're afraid of the mean girl or the bully, uh, which is a very small portion of, of the audience, right? But you're, yeah. you're more honed into that than just being, uh, being you doing what you do to help and, and share and, and empower others. Absolutely. And I will yeah. say that I've come like such a long way in the last year with that, just because I know that I have to embody what I'm sharing and, and people are, we all have like baggage and, and limiting beliefs and all of that stuff, but you've got to come around it somehow. And ultimately it's like, how bad do you want it? Because if you care about like what somebody might say about you more than you want that thing, well then you don't really want that thing. Yeah. Like our good friend, Jen Plank, she, you know, you can be in a room full of hundred people and, and really that your story or your, you know, you might only affect one person, but it, you affected the right person. Absolutely. The other 99 can walk away. I'm like, wow, that was my time. But that, that one person, you could have changed their life forever. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's so huge to remember because you don't know, you don't know who you're even just by like smiling at somebody on the street, right? Like that goes so far. A hundred percent. So, all right. So now, now we're all in. Yep. So now you're helping everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. I really truly believe that it's my purpose to share like how I've done all this so that people can, can live their life according to whatever success they define. Right. But so that they can do it and give them the tools and the systems that I used, which are not rocket science, but they're things that I've, you know, perfected and crafted over the years. And and why not? If you want something, there's, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't try. Mm. Right. Right. I know. Right. Just, yeah, yeah. you're so inspiring. My, oh, my friend, that's so cool. but you know, it's so it's funny so because I never think like I used to say, like when I would brainstorm or like talk out loud to anyone who would listen, that wasn't like going to be my client that like, mm -hmm. I wanted to be more like a kick in the pants. Like I don't want to be all hugs. You know, like I just was like, go do it. And I, so I never thought like inspirational would be like the word, but it's, people use it all the time and it cracks me up because I really like never would have picked that word. For you? Right. right. Yeah. Like motivational, maybe. Mm -hmm. I guess they're very close, but you know, it's so funny. Cause I was like, there's too many people out there just handing out hugs. It's like, you don't need a hug. You need a kick in the pants. And it's like, okay, wait, maybe you need both. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I think, I think you need, well, I think you need the hug first. Right. right exactly. Okay. I believe in you because I think, I think, it, and you know, my years of mentoring like young hairstylist and, and I did some coaching for a while, um, you know, sports coaching. And, and I think the one thing that, that, that we all struggle with is just, is just this belief that, that one believes in you. Absolutely. Right. And just the words that I believe in you that, and sometimes that's delivered with a hug or not. Like, I think that those can be some of the most motivating and inspiring kind of words that one can hear. 
as long as you mean it, you know, Absolutely. You're, you're delivering it. You know, I believe that you can do this. I mean, I, I think that, I think we, we I, listen, I'll be completely honest. It's what was missing in my life, my entire life, right? right? Um, and, and like, I never, I never kind of felt until like, you met me. Oh, that's what a best bud is <laughs> for. Best bud is, <laughs> she's the best. <laughs> Get my spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, that's what I've struggled with my, you know, pretty much my entire adulthood. And that's just that, is that, that why would anybody believe in me? Because I suck because that's kind right, of, because nobody that, told that you. How I grew up. Well, and, and I was, you know, more that nobody told me that they believed in, believed in me, but they would also push me down. When, when I tried to achieve it. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, yeah. and, and it's interesting because as you know, like you start something and it takes you somewhere else, but I have learned in the past year that that's really a prevalent thing. And so like for me, I'm incredibly blessed that I had parents that probably were over enthusiastic about that. And right. so I just thought, well, why not? I can. Um, but the one thing that I find myself saying a lot is you deserve this, you know, and that's something that people really don't think. Um, and so I've now made it my mission for the women that I work with that they do deserve it and they will achieve it because they, you know, and then they embody it too. So does your parents or grandparents, uh, are they like just so proud and just look at you like, (laughs) you know, it's so funny. My mom the other day goes, somebody said they saw you online. And I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, she's like, what is it that you're doing? Like, I mean, yes, they're so proud of me. And like, obviously, but my mom has like, I mean. No clue what you're up to? Not really. Like, I told her the other day, hey, I really need some help. Like, could you do And she's like, is that on the computer? And she's not like a dimwit. Like, I'm not saying that. But she's like, what do I have to do? Like, tell me exactly. You know, my mom's very very intelligent and can do anything, but it just, it's funny. Cause she doesn't actually understand. Like she knows I'm helping people grow their business. Right. But like she comes in here and she was like, why can't, why can't you move that? You know, my lights in the background. And I'm like, well, because then I have to figure out where it goes again. <laughs> you know, cause I'm recording videos all the time. That's awesome. So, but yeah, no, it's, I think so. You brought something up and you said that, you know, the women that you help, um, it's really interesting or, you know, I kind of want to get your take on like, I, I've noticed it in the last, I don't, I don't know, like two or three years, I guess, just this, like this, this women sticking together and this positive kind of thing. I mean, I know you were on Elizabeth's podcast and, you know, Elizabeth is a good friend of ours, but you know, like, like she's doing it with, with her retreats and stuff yes. like, like, I, I just think it's a really, really neat place for, to, again, for, for women to be in this industry, like right now, right here. I mean, it it is, it is, it is the utopia. Right. Well, and I think that like, maybe it's just like the times are going to like level out. That's my like utopian hope. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, I do think that like girl power and like God bless Spice Girls, um, you know, that, that, that is something that's real. And I think that when we can get over that, like whole competition mindset, which is something that like really doesn't resonate for sure with Elizabeth and with me and with most of us, like that, you know, are trying to make this difference, um, whether we're knowingly doing it or not, that Mm -hmm. if you can get past that and just like embrace people for what they're good at and love them where they're, where they are. And I don't know, just like help people and, and just serve, like be their friend. Like, it's just not that complicated. And I think that once we get back to those like foundational pillars, like, I don't really think it matters if you're a man or a woman, but I think that women are finding that support 
right now in our industry, just because there are so many of us, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it's nice that like maybe five years ago, like all the like badass platform artists, like cutting on stage were men, like, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're starting to see like, Hey, that might be changing, you know, but I think that's just the world. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, uh, it's actually, I'm all for it. I'm for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I don't feel like I'm left out on any means. I kind of I kind of right. kind of dig seeing it because I, I don't feel like I'm being a being a Heisman over it either. Yeah, we <laughs> both have daughters too, so right. I, I think it gives us a different perspective. Yeah, than, yeah, sure. Than, you know what I mean? Because I, I then, believe then when I was 18, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, and just like times are different, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't have the answer to all those like big social problems, but I think that it's just cool to have community. And I think that maybe um, like the, the generation of women hairstylists right now, like have the mentality that like, it's hard. And I think basically anyone in this world right now has this mentality that there's too much to do. And like, there are so many pressures of society and social media and like life that you can't do it alone. And so I think that's, what's ultimately bringing us all together. I love that. You know, something you brought up as almost as a joke, but I actually think there's some seriousness to it as well is, is you kind of mentioned the, uh, the, the spice girls and, and, and girl power. And, and you know, what's interesting about that is like, I, I'm just recalling off the top of my head, but I think the spice girls have come up no less than like four or five times on the podcast. So that being said, and like, and, and, and you're of the generation when you were a kid kind of when, when, when they were popular. So it's kind of interesting that, that, that although it's kind of a jokey song, it's kind of a joke of a, joke of a song or whatever but 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 i think it i think it was successful in what it did and it 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 in fact it empowered this whole generation of of, of young of young of young of young women and not that you not necessarily that you're young now but you know at the time like you know you didn't know you didn't know that you couldn't be successful no for sure and i i mean i was in sixth grade the first time i i heard that their that song right like tell me what you want um what you really, really yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, what is that? Right. Like the music was different. Like, I don't know. It spoke to me and my like 11 year old soul. And I think that they, I mean, they were onto something, but I, I, there's so many of us that are in our, you know, early thirties now. And that's what we started. But I think since then it like maybe sparked a little fire. Yeah. Again, I think it's because, you know, you didn't know you couldn't. I, I, I do. The Spice I think Girl so. said you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I do think that that's, I, I think about that kind of stuff a lot. And like, I wonder what like these granola kids with like really whack names are going to be like in 20 years. <laughs> like Lexi? Yeah. Well, like, okay. Literally, <laughs> Lexi was the wackest name. Like I was the only <laughs> one. There was like Jessica and Sarah and like Elizabeth and so many right and here I am and they're like oh that's my dog's name (laughs) (laughs) you know and now it's like your name could be freaking lantern and like that's awesome (laughs) right (laughs) like no hate on that name (laughs) lantern Lomax yeah oh god yeah the only Skyla yeah lots of Skylers with the ER right right? or like all the IE names like Kenzie and all that you know I mean there's just Mm -hmm. like so many I mean, my best girlfriend, her kids' names are Ren and Isla. 
I kind of like that though. Yeah, they're beautiful and the girls are great. And, you know, but like, they're like no germs, like literally, you know, just like, so I'm, I'm interested to see like what we're doing to our generation of children, you know, and like what uh, that'll translate to. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be considered terrible parents too, just like every generation. Ahead. Right, I think that's kind of, it's all cyclical, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, on that, like I always get, I always, I always find it interesting or, or funny, like when people start talking about like millennials or whatever. And, and it, to me, it's just funny because I'm like, come on, like Frank Sinatra was supposed to ruin life and Elvis was supposed right. to ruin life and the Beatles were, it, you, you always have this like place with the next generation, right? It's just right. some place to blame the world, the world's ills on is the next generation or that they're not doing enough. But, you know, that's always been the, the narrative, you know, that that generation, I mean, I remember being a kid, like you can look at any like early eighties, eighties movie and look at teenagers and they were all like Valley people and like, they're never going to do anything. Well, that's us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was our generation. We had the same pressures. So, you know, that narrative has never, ever, 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 ever changed. And I, I think the results are going to be exactly the same, right. which is like not results. Yeah. Most or maybe a little forward progress. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Lex, so like if, if somebody wanted to uh, use your services or get in touch with you, uh, what's the best ways? Yeah, so Instagram's great. I'm at Lomax, L-O-M-A-X dot L-E-X-I. Um, you can find all things there or, or LexiLomax.com uh, for sure. And I host masterminds. I do private coaching. I have some online courses. I've got all kinds of like varying levels um, for people when they're ready, you know, to jump in and learn the systems and, and to really just like put peace into their business while still reaching their goals. So what, so let's kind of walk through a little bit. Sorry, I'm kind of backtracking okay. a little bit, but like, but like, what do you offer? Like if I'm a salon or, or a, you know, what, what do you offer in, 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 Let's stay there. Yeah, <laughs> one at a time. Okay. Um, so I offer private coaching services, which basically you get me. Like right. I, I'm, I'm there for you, um, twenty four seven. Basically, text, phone calls, whatever. We walk through um, like a map out that I design, like based on their needs, and then we just like crush stuff like off the list right. into reality. Um, and then I have like I have smaller packages of calls where we can just do one on one calls, like audits on your business, like any, anything really, like you call with a question, we work through it. And then I don't talk to you for a while. And then you call me again. Right. Um, mm -hmm. not as much handholding, um, and like personal service as the private coaching. And then I have my mastermind, which is like my love. Um, and basically we work through all the things, um, that re relate to salon business and that you can be a hairstylist, salon owner, you could be even maybe an esthetician or like a makeup artist. You can be anything that's in our industry that you take yourself seriously as a business. You can even be a commission stylist and be a more mastermind. Currently I have two um, in that the group I'm running right now. And it's super small. There's six people in a group and we just work through stuff together, a six month commitment. And it's just like where the magic happens. And then I have free courses and um courses that you can pay for. It's like a 12 step program then, right? Like you kind of support each other and all that good stuff. Yes. Do you do it over the phone or do you do it over the computer, Skype? Yeah, we Facebook? do it via Zoom and then they have access to a portal where there's like all of these lessons that I've created that they can do like their homework um, before mm -hmm. we get to the meeting or they can have the meeting and then go, do it backwards. It really works either way. However, like you, you best learn. Um, and, and then the meetings are all via Zoom just like this. That is so cool, man. <laughs> it's really I had fun. So much fun in this conversation. I did too.
<laughs> Lex, we're, we are big, massive, huge fans Aww, of thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, I can't wait till we, we meet in real life at, a, at, a, at a, an event or something. Yes, I know. But, that's yeah. so cool. I can't wait. You much, know? much, much love and much, much respect. Uh-huh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Well, I feel, I feel the same way about you. I can't wait to, to be in and share real air with you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, right. I love it. That's so funny. Miss Lexi Lomax. The the uh, what do we call her superhero superhero yeah. Lexi Lomax yeah superhero yeah. Lexi Lomax thank you very very much for joining us on your day off thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.